You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. This is what we do here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Nowhere else can you find a Panthers-dedicated podcast, talking Panthers Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. A lot of great podcasts out there do a great job. We do it five days a week, at least right now. Might get into off-season mode here very shortly, then I can no longer say Monday through Friday. But either way, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on YouTube. You don't watch on YouTube or subscribe on YouTube. We can go ahead and change that right now by clicking on the subscribe button. But you can also check us out on all the podcasting platforms out there, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, and all the other ones out there. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions to participate either at me at Julian Council, DM me at Julian Council, or leave a comment on today's show, and I'll get to it on tomorrow's show, the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. On today's show, Jonathan Alexander covers the Panthers for the Charlotte Observer, works with Ellis Williams, works with Scott Bauer, the columnist there at the Observer, and they all do a great job covering the Carolina Panthers. OTAs were going on. He was down there on Tuesday as the media got to check out a portion of the off-season training – what is it? OTAs, off-season training activities? Organizational – I forgot what it's called. Either way, he was down there checking everything out, and he uh, got to talk to Matt Rule and Christian McCaffrey and Sam Darnold and uh, Dante Foreman and everybody else who was there. Jeremy Chin got to talk to all of them. JC Horn about what was going on and just you know how they're how they feel, how the bodies feel, how things are coming along with Ben McAdoo's offense. And he also had an article on Monday talking about how the Panthers could avoid a fifth straight losing season. And there was a little blurb there about Cam Newton that we talked about the other day. And I want to get some clarity on Cam Newton and if there are truly conditions and what they are for Cam Newton to return here to Carolina, and if he could get an opportunity to be a starting quarterback here in 2022, and really what the Panthers' plan is at quarterback in 2022 and beyond. So let's take a quick pause here in Lockdown Panthers and talk to Jonathan Alexander from the Charlotte Observer. Y'all already know, because I told you, that Built Bar is by far the best-tasting protein bar ever, and we have great news to share with you. You've been asking about it, and Built Bar has finally delivered. The Built Granola Bars are here. Built Granola Bars come in three. That's three unbelievable flavors. Chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Want to try all three? You can get a mix box at Built.com right now these are so different from the bars and the puffs built granola bars are loaded with granola it's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness but just like bars and puffs these babies are packed with protein and covered in 100 real chocolate with 150 calories 15 grams of protein and only four grams of sugar built granola bars will change your world built has cracked the code better granola they're the perfect healthy snack to pack in your lunch take on the road and eat as a snack so go to built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com.
All right, back here on Locked On Panthers. And as promised, Jonathan Alexander, beat reporter for the Charlotte Observer. You can follow him on Twitter at John M. Alexander. That's John with no H, folks. I mean, it's Jonathan. You guys should know how to spell his name. <laughs> he now joins us here on the show to talk about, of course, the Carolina Panthers. Jonathan, how you doing, man? I'm pretty good. How's it going, Julian? It's good. It's good. Cannot complain too much heading into this Memorial Day weekend. And Panthers back on the field, OTAs. You talked to them over on Tuesday there on Mint Street and we'll get into what you saw and what the early thoughts are as, I mean, we're they're kind of laying the framework and the foundation of the team heading into this 2022 season, but you had an article on Monday talking about how the Panthers could potentially avoid a fifth straight losing season. And one of the key parts of the article, which was only two sentences was you bringing up that the Carolina Panthers are still interested in Cam Newton because they're interested in pretty much every available free agent quarterback out there. And that has since been aggregated by people on Twitter and elsewhere, as yeah. there was two conditions that you had laid there that might not actually be conditions that the Panthers want to bring him back at the right price, which, well, every team would want to do that, and that he would not be promised a starting job. Can you just give us more clarity on the Panthers' interest in Cam Newton and how things potentially could play out if he does come back here to Carolina? Yeah, um, so just – through talking with people um, and, and hearing what we hear publicly, um, you know, the Panthers, you know, would like to have Cam Newton back, um, but there are certain things that would prevent them from like going out and, and just, just grabbing them. Like, like, you know, for, for one, Cam Newton would have to agree to it. And I think for the Panthers, their mindset, you know, they've always said, you know, Scott Fritter and Matt Rule have, have always said like, it has to make sense for them. Right. Right. I said that back in March a couple of times at different press conferences. And through talking with people, you know, what makes sense for them really is, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, Cam Newton last year didn't really prove that he was the starter for the Panthers. He, he could have, um, you know, taken control of that job. Now, they're de- he definitely didn't have an offensive line, and he definitely came in the middle season and had to learn the playbook. That's understandable. But I think what yeah. we saw from Cam Newton was that he just lacked the arm strength. Um, that he once had and what made him so great when he first showed up to the Panthers. I think a lot of people recognize that a lot of people will probably have doubts of whether he could win that job um, over Sam Darnold. Now he possibly could, but a lot of people wonder whether, so I think the, the thought process is, you know, if Cam Newton came in and he understood that, you know, if we brought him in, he's not guaranteed the starter role. He would have to obviously earn that. Um, and they know that they don't want to pay another quarterback more than $5 million. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, even Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo, they're hoping, you know, as they go for other quarterbacks, they hoping the team that they, uh, you know, trade with or try to get pays the majority of that contract. So I think those are the, are the circumstances around it. They love to have Cam back because they value his leadership and he instantly became a leader on that team. Oh yeah. When oh, he yeah. came back and that's his personality. They want that. Ideally, they would love that from Sam Darnold. Um, but they recognize that value in Cam Newton, but they also recognize, recognize that he has his limitations. And, and, and you know, they would sign him if those that understanding was there. And he would sign with them if he probably could have some guarantees as well. Yeah, and you talk about it making sense for the Panthers. I mean, does it make sense for them to bring back Cam after what you've laid out? Because – I understand that Cam is the best quarterback this franchise has ever had. He's the only franchise mm-hmm. quarterback that they've ever had. And you mm-hmm. look at the Arizona game and really Washington, if he could have played like that, 
the rest of the season, then I think he'd probably be in a position to be the starter now here in Carolina, but because he faded and then they brought back Sam Darnold to be the starter against the Saints and against the uh, Buccaneers, you kind of saw how they valued him in this offense and what their plans are at quarterback. And they've gone out and drafted a guy in Matt Corral. Does it make sense for them to bring back Cam Newton? To be honest with you, I, I don't think it makes sense if they're trying to get another quarterback and a quarterback that they hope um, can be an upgrade. Like if yeah. they're trying to get Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo, which is my understanding that there's less of a chance that that would happen. But if they're trying to get Baker Mayfield, I don't think it makes sense to go after Cam because you would have all those quarterbacks in your room. However, if you know that Sam Darnold, it, it, I mean, if you know that you're not going to get one of those guys, then maybe getting Cam Newton is good if you get him for a less price. And that's to understand that P.J. Walker probably isn't going to make this team. Um, then, yeah, under that condition. But if you want to upgrade and you think you can compete for a playoff spot, um, you want to take the guy who um, most recently has shown that he can pass for 20-some touchdowns. Well, I think he passed for 17 last year. But yeah, um, the one who's had the most recent success. Yeah. Um, so. No, that makes sense. And there's two things you said there that actually jumped out at me. So with Baker, we'll, we'll talk about him, but you're saying that Jimmy Garoppolo does not seem like uh, something that's going to happen. It's, a very, it's less likely for the Panthers that they do make mm -hmm. a trade with San Francisco for him. Yeah, I, I think, think based on my understanding, San Francisco has been playing hardball like the Panthers have been playing. Like the Browns have shown a willingness to take on some of um, Baker Mayfield's contracts. My understanding that they 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 said, okay, we'll take on nine million of this eighteen point nine million, and the Panthers were like, no, nah, you got to take on more than that. Uh, as for the 49ers, they've been saying, no, nah, how about you just renegotiate with him? And you know, we think they think that they can get good value for for Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's making that a little bit tougher. And the Panthers will say, okay, you know, we'll we'll either wait for or Baker, or this makes more sense for us to pursue him because of that. Yeah, I don't really see how it benefits San Francisco to get rid of Jimmy G with mm -hmm. Trey Lance, who he's now getting all the snaps out there because Jimmy G's not healthy, not available to be in OTA's mandatory minicamp. So they're going to get a good look at him. And if they don't think he's ready, then why not keep the guy who's helped you get to the NFC title game two of the last three years? And, of course, one of those years going to the Super Bowl. Now, the, the other thing that you said that jumped out at me was P.J. Walker. He's saying that he's not likely to make this team because we've talked about possibility of bringing in Baker, bringing in Jimmy G, possibly bringing back Cam. Obviously, Sam's on this roster. If they play the game tomorrow, which they don't, he would be the starting quarterback. Matt Corral, his development. There has not been really any talk at all about P.J. Walker. Does it look like that he's probably on his way out, especially depending on how Corral develops over the course of the next couple months? Yeah, if they, if they get a fourth quarterback, um, then I think P.J. Walker will obviously be the odd man now. One, because they have more faith in Sam Darnold than P.J. Walker as a starter. Uh, Matt Corral is a guy who you invested a lot in. Um, next year's pick in, this year's third-round pick. Um, so he would be on the roster. And if you try to add a veteran quarterback who you think is an upgrade, then that guy would be a starter. And Panthers aren't going to keep four quarterbacks on the roster. So yeah. I think they would, they would obviously try to sneak um, P.J. Walker on the practice squad if they could. I think P.J. Walker has shown that he can be a, a quality's third or, or second string yeah. um, quarterback somewhere. So, yeah, I think he would be the odd man out. Okay. And if they stay at three, is he on this roster or could he still be the odd man out? I, I, to me, I think it would make sense for them to keep three okay. if Sam Darnold, Matt Corral, and P.J. Walker were there. Just because uh, I don't know what we're going to see from Matt Corral. Um, 
I think that there's a good chance Sam Darnold could struggle. Uh, and I just say that based on past what we've years. seen. Yeah, what we've seen, right? <laughs> that's, that's the only thing I'm basing it out of, right? <laughs> I've I've learned this year to trust your eyes. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, I think it would be smart of them to keep three quarterbacks in that situation. Yeah, I, I agree. So if they add a veteran, looks like PJ Walker likely on the outs there. Bring up Baker. I talked to Joe Person, uh, your your colleague over there at the Athletic last week, and he actually was giving me a lesser number what Cleveland was willing to pay uh, for Baker, saying about three million dollars, and which is wild to me that a three out of eighteen million dollars that they'd be willing to spend that doesn't make any sense. Doesn't seem like a team that has leverage out from Europe. What you're telling me and what you've heard, it was more like nine, which makes it even. I have a hard time understanding why Cleveland didn't make that deal happen. If that's yeah. the case, like they've there's been reporting, you've had it, Ellis has had, it, everyone's had it that the Panthers are still interested in veterans. Like, does it seem like he's the most likely option to happen? And if it if he's going to happen, when's it going to happen? Because I'm sitting here right now, like, okay, you have installs, you have true OTAs going on right now, you have mandatory minicamp next month in June. Wouldn't this be the perfect time to bring in a veteran opposed to waiting until July and right before training camp to then have them learn the offense? Because how is Baker going to really come in here and compete for the job when he's also trying to learn the offense at the same time? If he, yeah. of course, comes here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let me make sure I clarify. I want to make sure Wait. I explain it correctly. Yeah. So the Browns were willing to um, take on $9 million and hope that the Panthers would pay uh, a little okay. bit more than $9 million. But the okay. Panthers – are not interested in that they probably won't pay more than four or five million and okay. ideally ideally lower than that uh, okay so the the browns during the trade negotiation said we'll we'll take on nine million you pay the other nine million panthers like no they're playing panthers are playing hardball on this because they know that they can and the browns are desperate um okay. so but you know i think ideally the pandas would like somebody to come in earlier um you know sooner rather than later but um, you know, they they have their number that they they said that they don't want to spend more of. And they know that, you know, these negotiations may take some time, um, you know, as the Browns, um, you know, hope that they can get a, a, a good trade partner and can get something in return. It's seeming like that's not going to happen because the Panthers and other teams are also waiting. Yeah, I mean, Baker clearly is not a part of their plans. They brought in Jacoby Brissett. They even brought in Joshua Dobbs. He spent time in Pittsburgh. And then Deshaun just took the entire offense to the Bahamas, and Baker was not there. So clearly he's not a part of that team. So I'm curious to see how that works out. Thank you for clarifying that. I have to go back and listen to what Joe had to say because I don't want to be misquoting you or him here on the show as you guys give out great information for for me and everyone out there who listens. Now, Sam Darnold, I kind of applaud him for how he's handled the offseason. I know a lot of people rolled their eyes yesterday mm -hmm. or on Tuesday when yeah. he talked about how he still, you know, believes he can be a good quarterback in this league. And then back when he was on Taylor Lewan's podcast, left tackle with the Titans, talk about how he's proven that he's a good quarterback, which outside of, I guess, the first three games last year, I don't really see how that could be possible. But <laughs> sure, confidence is key. You don't get to this spot as a professional athlete if you don't have confidence in yourself and belief in yourself. And I would hope that he would, opposed to – being like, yeah, I'm terrible, so I have no chance at ever doing anything good here. But this is an important time for me, for him, especially if he, if he can show the team that, hey, through the install period and working with Ben McAdoo the next month, that you guys don't need to go out there and get somebody else to come and compete with me, that I can be the guy. Like, I would, Do you agree, and does it seem like the Panthers would be willing if they see enough out of Darnold the next couple of weeks to just say, all right, we, we believe him last year, we gave up those assets, let's see what Sam can now do behind a better offensive line, and then hopefully 
Robbie getting bouncing back and then a, a number three wide receiver emerging. And of course, Christian McCaffrey staying healthy. Yeah, I think ideally that's what they would love. They would love for their investment to pay off. Um, and perhaps maybe with some some protection, finally, that he can be better. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think I think they know that he's not the long term future. They've determined that. Um, that he's not the long-term future for him. But if they can get him to play well for one more year and buy time for Matt Corral, who they think can be really good, then that would be, uh, you know, a home run for them at this point. Um, but, you know, so far, Sam Darnold hasn't shown that um, and and they need for him. And, and maybe Ben McAdoo can untap that. Does it seem like the plan for them is to have Corral kind of redshirt this year and then go into 2023 as – competing for the job, but really the guy that they want to be the QB one. Yeah. I think that's what they want. I don't think it's set in stone because things happen. If Sam yeah. Donald struggles. I think they'd have no problem with playing Matt Corral if he looked ready. Um, so, you know, I think that's what they hope they can do. And that's the curious thing. Cause you, you talk about, and I agree with you. And I think everyone out there, who's watched Sam Darnold last year and previous years in New York would agree he's unless he goes out this season stays healthy the first time in his career and just lights up the league and becomes comeback player of the year I, I don't see how he's going to be a long-term option here in Carolina or really elsewhere so if that's the case and then they, they like Corral if they bring in someone like Baker would that person have an opportunity to be the long-term or are they just looking for someone just to hold it down for this season let Corral develop and then hand the keys to Corral. Because I just I look at Baker, he's a former number one pick. Matt mm -hmm. Corral, third rounder. And you look at the league, Baker, I mean, not who, uh, it's, uh, Russell Wilson's the only third round pick who's a starting quarterback right now. Now, there's guys like Dak and Kirk Cousins who've had good careers so far that were fourth round picks or later that, and of course, Tom Brady, but we're not going to compare Tom Brady to anybody. And, and this <laughs> is in the, in the draft class who gets drafted in the third round later. But yeah. like, would they give those guys an opportunity to maybe prove themselves? Or would it just be like, hey, you're here this, this year, basically to maybe save Rule's job, then Matt, your turn in 2023? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure that they would – you know, allow that to happen. Like say, you know, Baker Mayfield lit it up and, and show if, if Baker Mayfield took a huge step, um, which I think Baker Mayfield definitely needs to do. I think this is an important year for his career too. Yeah. Uh, I think people have, have started to lose faith, um, you know, the perception of Baker Mayfield and playing with him and that he might not be a good teammate. Um, I think that lingers out there. Um, but I think, I think that possibly if he could, you know, elevate his game and show that he does have potential i think he could win the job but i think going into it the thought is is he would be a bridge guy you know one year left on his contract mm -hmm. um you know hold down the four until we find that next solution um whether that is matt corral or if you find out through um throughout the season that matt corral isn't the option then you you take another shot at another guy um, but I'm sure he'll have that opportunity to prove himself. And if he if it isn't for Carolina, it'll be uh, for another team. Uh, but I think this year will definitely determine that. It's interesting to me, just like having this conversation with you about, you know, it doesn't really seem like they have much of a plan for this season. It's yeah. like what we have is what we have. We want to take the slow route with Matt Corral and then see what he can do from 2023. And then, I mean, really. 2023 and 2024 the way that they evaluate quarterbacks nowadays he, he got like two seasons to prove it or else you're out and they'll go draft mm -hmm. somebody else but this year doesn't seem like they have any great options or a plan like why would anyone have any different expectations 
for this upcoming season at quarterback than they would have after seeing what we saw last season, considering that they probably don't want Corral to play and that Darnold's going to be the starter. And then they might bring in someone in Baker Mayfield who has gone from QB one to QB four in a matter of like two months. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think that the play has to be a lot better. I mean, I think, you know, that's a big question that fans have, um, you know, so far it hasn't been good in the three years. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I've been on record to say, you know, I've written this in my stories, but I always thought it was a mistake, you know, for the Panthers to let go of, of Teddy Bridgewater um, so early. You know, yeah. I thought he was here for three years, and that was really the only expectation for me until they found that potential franchise quarterback, and I thought they could have drafted, you know, Justin Fields there. I know Justin Fields looked bad, and, you know, people in the Panthers organization would tell you that, but you know, he had a bad offensive line, too, and it was only year one. So, And his coach got fired. Yeah, the situation when Chicago is not perfect. Yeah, yeah, his coach got fired. So, you know, I thought they missed that opportunity there. Uh, he spent a lot of money in giving Teddy Bridgewater away. Um, but they they have to get it figured out. And I think at this point, they feel like the pieces around everybody is getting better. And I think right now they're just trying to, you know, figure out what they can do. Um in, with quarterback and, and right now there's no guaranteed answer they hope Matt Corral's the answer a couple of years from now next year maybe but there really isn't a guaranteed answer there it feels like the plan originally was hey Teddy like it's it was basically a two-year deal that they gave mm-hmm. him you know they could have yeah. kept him for that third year if they wanted to but they could have obviously had him start in 2020 then in 2021 he could have been there to have someone like Fields or Mac Jones that were sitting there at eight be the backup, learn from him, and then start this upcoming season. But I, I guess something got in the way. I, I think someone and the guy up top is probably who got in the way. Certainly, absolutely. He uh, had a lot to say when Marty Herney, uh, they mutually parted ways. I'll put that in quotes with Marty Herney um, mm-hmm. as the general manager. And there were some words that were said about being in constant pursuit of that franchise quarterback. And from that point on, you kind of knew that Tate Bridgewater would not be back. And since then, not a lot of great decisions have been made. At least they have gone the route of drafting a quarterback. We can still question, did they need to trade into the third round and get Matt Corral, who was might have been sitting right there at 137? If not him, we know Sam Howell was there, who yeah. was someone who, that people talk about. Maybe he's six in the first round, maybe the second round pick. The same kind of talk that we had about Desmond Ritter and even Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett. I guess Kenny Pickett always seemed like a first-round pick. But that was kind of the same conversation we had about a guy like Sam Howell who's sitting right there. So we'll see how that pans up out, out now. And they and they were they were going to draft Sam Howell too, um, really? even after even after Matt Corral, um, you know they cons- they considered it. That was a they they lo- they love Sam Howell too. They like Matt Corral better, but they were also going to draft Sam Howell and then have the two rookies battle it out if they could get that. But um, huh. you know, they didn't fall out that way. Which, That's which, which make you know makes you wonder like you know they could have waited and, and not given up that third round pick. Um, and just got, you know, hope got one of the two, but they thought that there was value in in, in getting both in and having them battle out. And that was one of their possibilities. Huh? That, that's an interesting possibility because, like, they if they liked Howell, and of course, if, obviously, like Matt Corral more, like he was right there. And who mm-hmm. knows, maybe Corral would have been right there. So you, you have to question for just got better to talk about going into the draft how they want to protect their assets as. They were going from pick six to 137 and have a pick in the second or third round until they traded up with New England, who now owns their third and sixth round picks in next mm-hmm. year's draft. And looking at the compensatory pick for- formula, doesn't look like they're going to get a comp pick 
next year. Right. So they're still kind of putting themselves behind the eight ball. And who knows what other reactionary move they make that might cost them a first or second round pick in 2023, as we saw this past year. They, they've certainly done that. So maybe they've learned their lesson, but I don't know. But that, that is interesting that you bring up that information. Now, a couple more things here. I'll let you go, Jonathan. Um, looking at it, opposite of Brian Burns, it seems like they're going to go by committee as of right now. Frankie Louvu, Marquise Haynes, who they re-signed. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, who's Rock Hill native, went to South Point High. He's now re-signed with the Browns. Um, was it Melvin Ingram who was out there who just signed with the Dolphins or something like that? Yeah. Are there any veterans out there that they might be targeting at edge rusher? Because they just got rid of Joe Jackson. They have another roster spot available as they got to get mm-hmm. to 90 before going out to training camp in a couple months. Is there anyone that you've heard that they might be possibly interested in? Or, or are they just waiting to see maybe what happens with roster cutdowns later on in August? Yeah, I think they'll probably wait this out, um, especially because I think, um, you know, if they did sign somebody that would cost a little bit of money, that it would be a quarterback. Um, so I think that they're I think it would be a slow approach to that. Um, I think they they are OK. They would like to add to the opposite of Brian Burns, but they are OK if they don't get one because they have a belief in, in Frankie Louvu. Um, they think giving Marquise Haynes more. Uh, opportunities will help and you know Etor Gross Matos can play inside and outside as well so um, I think they'll add if there's an opportunity there for the right price but I think that they're also uh, going to be patient with that. Do you have any feeling on how this organization values and feels about Robbie Anderson right now and he's not at OTAs or voluntary that's important to mention Matt Rule did say that he appreciates that they are voluntary which I find hard to believe that a coach actually really truly believes that because even any sports even in high school you have voluntary things nothing's ever truly voluntary like you really need to be there and but he wasn't there last year which is fine he comes he will he'll probably be there mandatory many kid but it didn't have a great year last season and you look at kind of the sideline emotion. I'm not going to count an outburst or a tirade. Like, these guys care. This is their jobs. Like, you would want to see the emotion. What happened with the Eagles game and just also him yelling at Sam Darnold. It's clear that maybe he's not in love with the idea. But then you see on social media as well, talking about how no thanks to Baker Mayfield, who could end up being his teammate. Like, yeah. do you have any insight on like kind of how they feel about him right now? As like Terrace Marshall has an opportunity maybe here to, kind of move towards that number two spot as this could be Robbie's last season, depending on, of course, how he plays. I mean, yeah, they drafted Terrace Marshall because they hoped that he could develop into that guy opposite of DJ Moore. Um, and they hoped that this would be a good year for him. Um, you know, he was hurt last year. Um, so they, you know, they blame the slow progression on that because um, they had to build him up. He didn't really, you know, in OTAs, wasn't really participating because of his foot injury. Yeah. Um, I think with Robbie Anderson, you know, I get a sense that there probably is some frustration there, um, you know, from his season last year. You know, he had went from 90, 95 catches, more than a thousand yards, and then he gets paid. And then he has a season that he had. I'm sure that there's some se- there's some frustration there. But I mean, I, you know, I think that they believe in what he what he's possibly capable of doing um, like that 2020 season. Yeah. Um, so, and they just restructured his contract, so it makes it a lot more difficult to part ways with him. Um, so, I think there's a little, there, there's a mixed bag there. Definitely, some frustration there with how last last year went. Okay, last one here for you, Chris McCaffrey. 
got to talk to him. Of course, we, the media core there, you guys asked him a lot about his injuries and how he's going to manage his body. And I, I remember last year, you could just tell how he was just so over getting asked about that. It's it's yeah. unfortunate because the last time we saw him healthy for a full season, he did something that only happened three times in the history of the NFL, the 1,000-yard rushing and receiving season. Coincidentally, it's interesting that he talked to Marshall Falk, the other guy who's done that alongside Roger Craig, uh, who was the 49ers running back back when they were winning the Super Bowls back in the uh, 80s and 90s. Um, and that about talking, you know, trying to get his body together. It pretty seems it's going to be clear that he's not going to touch the field at all come preseason and maybe even be limited past in, you would think. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Rule had mentioned that they, they wouldn't use him in the in the three preseason games. I think, you know, the reason why they signed uh, Foreman was, you know, to give them a change up. He's a big power back. You know, they hope to use him in those goal line situations and, and, yeah. and, and possibly use. Uh, Christian McCaffrey elsewhere. Um, so, you know, I think they got Dante Foreman um, to spell Christian McCaffrey a lot more. And I think that'd be good for him long-term. You know, we see these running backs have these short shelf life. What uh, Henry got hurt, Dalvin Cook got hurt, Christian McCaffrey got hurt. It's inevitable for running backs, really. Um, so I do think you'll see a little bit of a dial back and definitely in the preseason. Won't play. I don't know he played last year either, but um, you know, I think you're going to see um, a little bit more um, spread out. I don't think I don't think you're going to see an over reliance on Christian McCaffrey. Okay, which would be good. And I, I told people too, like after the first couple of weeks, we're talking about his touches. It's like, hey, well, maybe tell the quarterback to stop checking it down to him eight <laughs> nine times a game because that doesn't help. If Darnold's yeah. like, well, my first reason's not there, go and dump down here to Christian. Which hell, it works out. It's a good thing, but it doesn't it's not great for his longevity and him playing a full season, which he has not been able to do since uh, back in 2019. So hopefully we'll see that how that works out with him moving forward, but appreciate your time, man. Appreciate your insight. Mm-hmm. Obviously the quarterback talking conversation, it's not going to stop until they find one. And hopefully mm-hmm. maybe it's Darnold, maybe it's Corral or Baker. I don't know. Hopefully they can find one soon. So we can talk about the other things with this football team. And more importantly, avoiding that fifth uh, straight losing season and actually having a winning football team. As I mean, I'm tired of talking about the scene being bad and people complaining and bitching and moaning on social media. And I'm sure it's even worse for you. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Panther fans, they want to win the season. I don't, I don't blame them for wanting it. So, nah, nah, man, not at all. But uh, enjoy your holiday weekend, man. Appreciate your time as always. Again, follow him on Twitter at John M. Alexander and subscribe to The Observer. It's your local paper. Go out there and do that. If you want good uh, Panthers information, he's got it. Ellis Williams has got it. Scott Bauer, the columnist over there, been here for a long time. Both of those, all three of them do a fantastic job covering the Carolina Panthers. And it's it's a 24-7 job, 365. The NFL never stops. So make sure to follow Jonathan and check out all his work over at the Charlotte Observer. Take another quick pause here on Locked on Panthers and wrap the show after this. Great stuff there from Jonathan Alexander. Works for the Charlotte Observer covering your Carolina Panthers and interesting little nuggets on the Browns contract situation and how what they wanted to pay for Baker Mayfield, what the Panthers are willing to pay for a quarterback. Looks like about $5 million or less if they're bringing Baker Mayfield. Will the Browns find a way to make that work out? Will the Panthers find a way to make it work out? We'll find out later on. And the little tidbit there about Sam Howell could have still been drafted and the Panthers would have had him and Matt Corral duke it out. At quarterback, <laughs> wild stuff there. So I, I don't know what's going on, but they need to figure this quarterback situation out because we spend entirely too much time talking about it. But quarterbacks are very important as, a, as it is a quarterback-driven league. And if you don't have one, you have really no shot at winning 
International Football League. So there that is. Make sure to subscribe to the Charlotte Observer. Check out his work, his work, and Ellis Williams' work, and Scott Fowler's work, and all of the great people that work over at our local paper here in Charlotte, the Charlotte Observer. That's going to wrap it up here for this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure, again, to watch the show and subscribe to the show over here on YouTube. If you don't watch, that's okay. You can check us out on all the podcasting platforms out there by rate, reviewing, and subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other podcasting platforms out there. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday, like tomorrow, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions to participate either at me at Julian Council, DM me at Julian Council, or leave a comment on today's show. Just make sure to put Friday mailbag and your real name, and I'll get to your questions on tomorrow's show. So in the meantime, stay safe, uh, keep pounding, and as always, I will, well, not always, but I'll talk to you tomorrow on Friday.